0: I know we're about to have so much fun together, so thank you so much for pushing play today. And now let's begin. Hello, gorgeous souls, and welcome back to another episode of the Manifestation Bay podcast. Wow, 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 wow. That is the only word I have to describe this super powerful Emotional and moving interview that I hosted a few days ago with Allison Bird on Instagram Live. And it was also being recorded at the same time as a podcast, which is what you are listening to now. You guys, I can't even tell you how many times I almost cried, but worked so hard to hold back any tears during this interview. Allison is so raw. In real, she's so super wise and drops wisdom bombs left and right on her experience as a black woman in the space of entrepreneurship and social media. The feedback for this episode, for that live stream was insane. People cried, people were moved, and my hope for you is that this episode moves you into the inspired action that's going to create a generation and a world where everybody feels welcome, included, and a part of the big human community. White privilege and systemic racism doesn't just show up where we're taught, it generally shows up like in our education systems or criminal justice systems, religion, the economy, etc., but also in places where we like to hang out most, which is online. Allison is truly unsugarcoated, as this episode is titled. You're going to learn so much from her, and as you listen to her, feel her passion, feel her fire, this woman is going to change the world. If you don't know who Allison is, Allison Byrne is also known as the Profit Accelerator, and she is celebrated as one of the world's most trusted leadership advisors and sales experts for entrepreneurs and small business owners. Today, her and her team executive produce exclusive virtual membership communities for influencers with online audiences over 1 million in reach. Allison's clients generate a collective $33 million plus in sales revenue annually. She and her team have coach 7,500 entrepreneurial leaders to create $260 million in new revenue over the past nine years. You'll be able to learn and hear more of Allison's journey to success from an underprivileged life on food stamps, a dad in prison, and single mom raising two kids to the ultra-passionate Successful leader she is today, and the undeniable stand she has for women arising into her greatness in her latest collaboration with Amazon Prime TV. Allison's press features include Time Money, Forbes, Yahoo Finance, Business Insider, CNBC, MSN, NPR, Black Enterprise, Essence, Entrepreneur.com, and USA Today. And with that, again, you guys are in for a treat. Let's dive right into it. Allison, for anybody in my audience who does not know who you are, can you just share a little tidbit about you and your background and what you're all about and what you do um, with your business as a start?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I am very honored to be on this stream, especially for the subject matter content that we're discussing together. So I want to start by saying I co-founded a tech company named Propel. So anyone that tries to look up Propel, you won't find it. It's an invitation-only technical company that works specifically with social influencers to support them to create social change. So we build a platform for them. When we build that platform, they then donate a major percentage of that to clean water systems in a third world country, to the undereducated um, maybe in Africa. And that's what we do. That's what I spend 85% of my time doing. 15% of my time is spent having a conversation with women's specifically black, brown, white women around your dialogue with money. How do you associate with money? How do you relate with money? The challenge is that it is societal that success with money is through gender. And so there are gender biases that are huge around the dialogue of who should be the most successful. And when women become extremely successful financially, people want them to be quiet unless they're a celebrity, unless they're uh, a celebrity entrepreneur, like an Oprah Winfrey, uh, a Kim Kardashian, a Kylie Jenner, even then people judge them. Like it shouldn't be all about the money, but they never say that to a Warren Buffett. They never say that to a Mark Cuban. They never say that to uh, a, there was somebody right on the tip of my tongue an Elon Musk, They never say it should not be about the money. Um, As a matter of fact, they praise those men when they do good with that money. But when women tout that money gives us freedom, money gives us the lifestyle, money allows us to effectuate change and transformation in our own lives and then beyond our four walls, then they start saying, wait a minute, it should be about service. So I was born for such a time as this to disrupt the dialogue. Number one, that influencers cannot be impactful in the world. Number two, that women cannot have a powerful association with money. Uh, That's not real. And that women of color, Color, cannot have financial independence. So that's what I do 100% of my time. I am not an activist for anti-racism until now. So, this time has required my rise. This time has required that my voice go with what is occurring against Black people across the world the annihilation, the murders, um, and the racism, the segregation that is in business industries that allows organizations and organized crimes specifically against black people, I'm required to speak about it. So I want to say to everyone that's on, if you're looking at black people and saying, Well, it's easy for you to talk about. It's not easy for us to talk about. I don't talk about this every day. I don't have this dialogue every day. Every day, my highest responsibilities are to run my technical organization and then to make sure that I'm having a conversation with women about your ultimate freedom, about you releasing sadness and guilt and shame and resentment and old paradigms around money and introduce you to a space and place of freedom. But because such a as this requires my voice, I say yes. And so the conversation that we're having today is a conversation that will invite you to suspend your biases, that will invite you to suspend your fragility and your own fears and unlearn some things that may have come from people that you love and you admire and you respect, like parents or teachers or professors, etc. We are all unlearning things today. So you are not alone in this. This is not a call out culture. Uh, You know, that's not the mode of Catherine. That's not the mode of me. This is going to be a loving, generous conversation that asks you, what action will you take? what will you do first in the mirror? And once you look in the mirror, what will you do that will transcend your world and then have an outpouring into the world? So that's where we're going today.
0: Yes. Beautiful. Allison, you just exude so much love and power and, and incredible energy. And I just wanted to thank you for the work that you do. And it's amazing I I didn't know that you had a whole another business that you spent any 85% of your time. I've only seen what you've done on social with the 15% and either, even with that I'm like, "Wow, she's doing such incredible work empowering women to make more money and to do good things with their money and to be able to talk about money." Speaking of money, I actually had such a breakthrough personally, around the topic that we're going to talk about today, which last week I got caught up in analysis paralysis. What do I say? What do I don't say? Who am I going to offend? Who am I not going to offend? How are people going to perceive me? And I realized by the end of the week, like this isn't helping anybody. This is not silence first of all is not an option and second of all like i just have to i just have to embrace the fact that i'm going to make mistakes and it's going to be okay as long as i do what is in most alignment with what i believe is right and the breakthrough that i had speaking of money is that money used to be such, and still is for so many people, but for me personally, it used to be such a taboo topic. And I felt so uncomfortable around money. And I felt like I couldn't talk about it. I couldn't share how much money I made. I couldn't, even talk about the fact that I wanted more money. There's just so many different societal conditionings layered on top of one another, which was preventing me from creating the success that I want in my business. And I realized that right now the a very similar taboo thing that I didn't um, really educate myself on before was around race and how race is this other taboo thing, where because we're not talking about it, it is causing us all sorts of problems. It's keeping the um, it's keeping the black community oppressed. It's keeping white people in power. It's just causing all kinds of of chaos. And until we start to empower ourselves, if you've been wanting to master the art of manifesting money and cultivate a lighter, more enjoyable, more feminine, and dare I say, pleasurable approach to creating more money in your life. all different races, all different colors to talk about this topic, to dismantle the systemic racism, to dismantle the white privilege, nothing's going to change. So I thank you so much for coming onto this platform. And with that being said, I want to just dive in. Can you share, you know, you specifically shared UnSugar Coated. The word unsugarcoated and how you want to talk about white <clears throat> privilege and systemic racism and how it shows up on social media. Can you dive into why you use such a word and how we can all together be unsugarcoated about this very important topic?
1: Absolutely. So I want to acknowledge that the disparities among black indigenous people of color in America specifically are vast. So we could have a conversation today around education disparities, housing disparities, health disparities, employment disparities, testing right now, as we record this with the COVID pandemic, the fact that in black communities, it is very difficult to get tested. And so a white community, you can easily or more easily walk in, get a test, get the help that you need, survive the COVID crisis. In a black community, it is not as easy, not as simple. And so the death rate has shot up tremendously. Uh, We could talk about fresh food disparities, the fact that there are food deserts in primarily black and brown communities, meaning what is a food desert? Meaning there's no fresh food. There's fat fast food, there's fruit juices, there's uh, corner stores that have food that you can put in the microwave, over processed and undigestible by the body, which leads to hypertension, heart disease, uh, diabetes among black, brown, people of color. We could talk about police brutality, the fact that black people are murdered ruthlessly. And undeniably, and that white people are not held accountable for that. We could talk about the mental health status. Um, The reality is that mental health is at a crisis level for black people specifically. It's not made available. Um, The finances for it, health insurance is not covering it. All of those things are important. So there's so many disparities that we can touch on. Why did we decide that we would touch on the disparity that shows up in social media? Because that's our lane. That's what we do. And when we look at systemic racism, we've got to have an unsugarcoated dialogue. What does unsugarcoated mean? It means it takes off everything that sweetens it, everything that makes it nice. Cause this is not a nice conversation. Can we be respectful? Yes. But do we have to be nice? Absolutely not because it's not nice what has occurred. So in a new medium like social media, that's not even 20 years old, we see supremacy, We see segregation, we see privilege, and we see that without anyone holding anyone accountable. We have a black side of social media and a white side of social media. How do we know that? Look at your influencers. Do you see collaborations with black people? Do you see collaborations with indigenous people? Do you see collaborations with people of color? The answer is no, no, no. And when you see it, it is very sparse And often, what happens is there's a token person that's on the stage, that's on the platform, that's on the podcast. There's someone that has become acceptable in the white culture as a voice, but they're not a voice for their color. They're a voice for their specific genre of business. So what we're saying is let's disrupt that. Let's take the line of segregation away. I know that segregation seems like an antiquated word. It seems like an aged word, but the truth is, it's very present in our reality today. If you look at all mega influencers, you're going to see mega influencers that are white, mega influencers that are black, mega influencers that are Asian, mega influencers that are Indian. There is a distinctive line. So we've got to have a conversation that says, are we willing to disrupt that? And are we as the influencers and the influencers that micro-influencers are watching. They're learning just like a child learns from a parent. Do I do this? Do I do what you do? Do I have an all-white platform too? Do I have an all-black platform too? Am I only allowed in one place? Do I have to wait for a seat at the table or can I pull up my chair and tell you why I'm necessary and pertinent to the space beyond my skin color and because of my skin color. Those are dialogues that we have to be willing to have.
0: Yes. How, Alison, I'm super curious, like how, what is the difference? Like how do we you know, you talk about the token people, right? Mm -hmm. When we, you know, with so many influencers right now are realizing the segregation and realizing like for me, for instance, just to be a hundred percent honest, like the people that the majority of the people that I followed were white. The majority of the books that I read were written by white authors, right? The majority of the podcasts that I listened to and learned from were white creators. And that was, that just smacked me In the face over the last week, where I realized that there's only two books around Mm -hmm. manifestation, because that's you know, that's my lane, is teaching on how to manifest your best life. You know, my two, one of my two of my favorite books, one is called A Happy Pocket Full of Money, and another one is called It's literally
1: this this camera is set on Gakandi's book right now. No, literally is sitting on it. Yes, you introduced me to his work.
0: Really? Oh my God. I, yes. have, I need to find that author and bring him on the podcast as well, because he is, I, I know he's black. I don't know if he's American or where he's from, but- So um, let me
1: say this, because I think this is so, so prolific. I don't know if people know, number one, you should read A Happy Pocket Full of Money. Number two, Gakandi wrote A Happy Pocket Full of Money because- he was behind, if anybody's ever read The Secret, he was one of the primary writers that basically, yeah, yeah, like basically his work was directly connected or is directly connected to so many of the manifestation teachers. Basically, they appropriate his work. Really? And yes, but here's the thing that he did with a happy pocket full of money. He said, Why is it that people aren't able to make this real for themselves, specifically black and brown people, because manifesting while black and brown ain't the same of manifesting while white, because you don't have the same psycho drama that we do. See, when I'm in manifestation mode, I have to shut out of the fact that the average African-American female in North America makes five, is, is her net worth is $5. I gotta shut that out. See, I gotta shut out that probably 70% of my family is still on some type of subsidized support from the government. I've got to shut out what W.E.B. Du Bois says is the talented tenth, which is out one out of ten black people will rise, only one, and the one that rises will have survivor's remorse and will also be responsible for the other nine. The other nine will look at the one and say, "You did it for yourself. Now give me some of that and help me make it." Like there's so much that we have to push through in order to get to a state where we can even be in the vortex of bliss. There's so much, but when you're in white privilege, you ain't got to push through all that. You get to just go, oh, let me just clear four hours and let me go into my vortex and let me go into my bliss. Now, I'm not saying white people don't have issues and white people don't have drama and white people don't have ish. So nobody get into an argument of semantics here. What I'm saying is there's so much that's in the lives of black people specifically that is oppressing us that even when we are risen, I am in the top 3% of society today. I'm in the top 1% of African-American female earners. I busted my ass to get here. And so when you look at my bio and you can look that I've been featured in USA Today, I have a new episode that just came out on Amazon Prime. You know, my partnerships with NPR, contracts that we've written with Kraft and Procter & Gamble and our clients going on major shows from when Oprah Winfrey was on all the way to uh good morning, America, you know, all the different things I fought for that. And I had to fight through a dad that was in prison. And the last place that I saw him was in prison. And it was normal. When I told my friends, I'm going to see my dad and he's in prison. They didn't go prison. What did your dad do? They were like, Oh, okay. I went to see my dad in prison too. When my mom worked three jobs and was never at home, which then opened me up to staying with the babysitter who had sons, who inappropriately touched my body, violated me and stole my innocence. That was a normalcy. Why was that a normalcy in my culture? Because mamas couldn't be home. They had to go put food on our table. And so there's so much, when I go to Sedona and I go through a soul adventure and I sit to have my soul cleansed, to get to the epic purpose that God has for my life, I've got to walk through the healing of being molested. I've got to walk through the brutality of being beat over the head by a former boyfriend. By the way, domestic violence, so common among women of color. I've got to walk through the prejudices and the, not just biases, but the prejudices of walking into corporations and them looking at me and going, oh, you're black. Wait a minute. You should be in our diversity and in inclusion area, you shouldn't be talking directly to the CEO. Like there's so much that we have to walk through to manifest while black and brown. It's a unique story for us. So we're not asking for white saviorism. We're not asking for you to feel sorry for us. We're asking for you to understand that what you think is historical is still modern day assaulting many of the black leaders that you see risen and still in our rise. That's what we're asking. We're asking that you understand, that you listen to our stories. We're not asking that you mute because your voice is not valuable. Every human's voice is necessary, even those voices that speak in contrast to what we believe. What we're asking is that when you speak your voice, will you extend your platform so that our voices may be heard as well? And do you see our voices as valuable, not just a part of your checklist? Black person, done. Brown person, done. Woman, done. I did what I was supposed to do. Like, That's so deeply unfair to remain ignorant to our cause, to remain unaware of our journey and our pathway and to be insensitive to it and to say things like all lives matter. We should not segregate black lives. That's very unfair because all lives can't matter when black lives aren't mattering.
0: Allison, I just wanted to thank you so much for being unsugarcoated and for keeping it real and for just, I am learning so much from you. And I know that all of my followers are learning so much from you too. And, um, I just wanted to acknowledge you and I just wanted to, wanted to honor you for that. My question for you is, is how can we, you know, what can we all do together, but especially as white influencers, in order to create not just a change that lasts for this week, not just while it's trendy, right? But a lasting change you know, it's one thing to just, I know that it's one thing to, you know, read one book, right? It's one thing to just, as you mentioned, just ch- check, 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 did did all these things. Like, How in your vision do we create a lasting transformation, a lasting change so that this is no longer the reality for Black, Indigenous, and people of color?
1: Yeah, I think so... I'm very intentional with my words. So let me erase I think and let me say I know. I know that it has to begin with followers addressing influencers who have all white platforms. The next sales page that you see that doesn't reflect you, or if you're white and you see that it doesn't reflect Black, Indigenous, people of color, say something. It is very, you know, we've heard it. If you see something, say something, right? So if you see a sales page and all you see are people that look one way, say something and say, Hey, can you reflect our world? Number one, number two, if you're going to a live event, look at the roster of speakers, Because there is no subject matter from chemical engineering all the way to uh, branding, to marketing, sales, um, content creation. There's no area where Black, Indigenous, people of color are not educated, brilliant, verbal, skilled, powerful, prolific, dynamic, impactful, and ready ready for the opportunity. So if you're going to an event and you don't see that, say something to the creator and say, I cannot attend your event if you don't have a diversified group of people presenting. Here's something that happened. Um, I was a part of a mastermind. There was no diversity in the leadership with A, women and B, black leaders or any people of color. I said to the mastermind leader, the check is going the wrong way. I'm writing you a check. You need to be writing me a check. It was a $66,000 mastermind. And I said, we need to flip this. And hold on, I paused for just a second. My battery was like funky town. (laughs) So I said, we need to flip this. And he said, what do you propose? And I said, I need to be the person teaching sales and money mindset. And let me tell you why you need it from me. And I shared my skills, but let me tell you why you need it from a black woman, because what I've risen through everything that attacks people to be able to appropriately and effectively sell, whether it's, uh, imposter syndrome, feeling a sense of fraudulence, not having sales courage and confidence to use their voice, not being bold and demanding, not knowing how to powerfully negotiate. I said, I learned all that in the hood. I learned that just walking up to the corner store. So everything that I learned as a young child now is a value add that helped me create millions and millions of dollars today. My business partner is a white Jewish man and the reason that we do business so well together and I tell him all the time what would your privilege say we should do in this situation and I say because my suffrage is telling me I should negotiate backwards what would your privilege say and he'll say to me my privilege would say We own this because this, this, and this. And I'll say, that's an interesting perspective. And then I've taught him to say, what would your historical context say? Which is, you know, if I come out swinging, if I put some Vaseline on my face, take my hoops off and I fight for the cause, what would we do? And so he said, what would your historical context say? And I'm like, these mother effers need to do this. Like, We just have real candid dialogues. And together, that collaboration actually produces a very sweet, extraordinary partnership that is so ethical and so pure. And it is reflective in society in a beautiful, powerful way for major influencers. We only take eight influencers a year And we do them by referral only. And how do we do that? Because we're extraordinary at what we do because of the hybrid of our backgrounds, but the alignment of our future vision. So the last two things that I would say, so number one, I said, look at sales pages, right? And look, is it diversified? Number two, look at events and look at the speaker roster. Number three, speak with clarity and kindness and courage. Don't you know there's no reason to have a call like call out culture that is snap your fingers, roll your neck, and make people feel bad. Holding people accountable and making people feel bad are not the same. Are not the same. Go ahead, I was, Catherine.
0: I was just going to ask you because as you were talking, you know, and you brought it back nicely, I was going to ask, like, what is the difference? between you know, calling someone out publicly about their social media or their lack of diversity or their sales page or, versus just addressing them privately? Like, what is your perspective on that? How should people bring this up in a way that is respectful to both sides, but also is something that's serious enough to drive actual change?
1: Yeah, I am a super fan of people being called in. Hmm. I'm a super fan of that, of that because there's a distinction between a call out and a call in. And so I see a lot of call outs right now. Honestly, while it's not my ammo, I I'm not mad at it. I'm just going to say that I'm not mad at it. It's not my style. But I am far from mad at it <laughs> like, because the reason that the call out culture is here is because the private call ins have not worked. So to me, when someone is privately DMing you, privately having the courage to write you in email, and then you ignore it, you defend, you protect yourself, your ignorance and your allyship with separatism and segregation, then you need to be called out. So that to me is a progressive track. I think that if someone has been kind enough to be private and to call you in at some point, if you're ignoring that, there are two things. My philosophy is you can either call them out with the tribe or you can identify that person doesn't care about your black dollar. And if they don't care about your black dollar, don't follow them. Our role is not to make people care about our money and make people care about us being their student. If I got to fight you to make you include me, you were never for me. And so your knowledge is not that pertinent to my success at all, period, with a T. It just is not. So if you are willfully staying in a space of being unresponsive, to me, that's my moment to move on. To others, that's their moment to build momentum through a movement, which is to call out. So those are the distinctions to me. And there's no right or wrong in that. There's just however people wanna pursue their version of justice.
0: Yeah, I mean, I love that call in. It, that completely makes sense. And I also, as you said, like I'm not mad at, what, at the call out the call outs that are happening. And I have to say and admit that also I can see, you know, I can see why people are angry. I can see why when people don't feel heard that they're being led to take bigger, louder actions, it makes complete sense. I wanted to ask you, Alison, like you know, in relation to this, like how have you felt over the last week? And maybe you haven't noticed too much of this, or maybe you noticed a lot of this of, um, for instance, white influencers staying quiet about such a topic, feeling like they, like, for instance, one of the things that I've seen is like politics doesn't belong in my business and how this isn't, About politics, you guys, this is about human rights first and foremost, and this isn't a low vibe topic. Allison and I were actually talking about this right before we went live around how this is true light working and bringing light into darker spaces to uplift the vibration of every single human being on this planet is the best light work that you can do. Have you um, noticed people being silent and um, how do you feel about white influencers not talking about this or not taking a stand from your perspective?
1: From my perspective, I feel like white influencers that have had nothing to say when Amazon has something to say, Ford Motor Company has something to say, Nike has something to say, Reebok has something to say, Peloton has something to say, Postmates has something to say, Yelp has something to say, Airbnb has something to say, why the hell have you not figured out what to say? Why are you so unclear when Ellen DeGeneres has something to say, when, uh, you know, every major actor and influencer, they have something to say, where did you get confused and bewildered and unclear? And why are you lingering in it? Like that space of supremacy, because to me, that supremacy and separateness both have the same etymological root. And so that means because I feel higher than ego thinks in two directions, either too high or too low, it doesn't have a middle ground. So my ego is so inflamed that I will present to the world a state of confusion or silence, which is violence. And I believe that is deeply unfair, deeply unfair. And I believe it's lazy and I believe it is small. And it is so expired, in my opinion, when organizations that are multi-million dollar, billion dollar industries can state their claim and you have 900,000 followers and you make $13 million a year, which is not anything to sneeze at, but it is small comparatively. Baby, what do you have to lose? You have everything to gain by acknowledging humanity and being of extraordinary support. And so to me, I think that it is, it lends to the suffering of my people. It lends to why that man felt okay to have his knee on the neck of George Floyd for eight minutes and 46 seconds while being filmed and felt like no consequence will come to me. It's not okay. It has broken my heart. It has made me sad. I have gone from being angry to disappointed to afraid to strong, to vocal, to silent, to deflated, to puffed up, to F you, to all the emotions have gone through my soul and my psyche. I've had to do energy work and therapy work and body work over the last week to stay in a state of freedom. And if I'm doing all of that and you can't simply make a stand with me and with my people, to me, that is not good humanity. That is not conscious humanity. And that is not reflective of love. However you get your love and whatever source or divine alignment you are with, God, Allah, Buddha, Christ consciousness, that is not a reflection of any of that. And it's not okay.
0: Mm, Such great... Oh my God. Allison! how does this relate to like being performative? I know that a lot of white influencers Mm. are being- Let me grab my
1: charger. Hang on. Hang on. Go go.
0: for it. I'll just keep, I'll just keep talking to the people. Like I've seen a lot of, um, you know, white influencers being called out as like, oh, you're just being performative or you're just doing this because of PR. You're just doing this. so Your business doesn't go down. But like what- uh, where do we find the balance with this? I don't know if you can still hear me, Allison, but like, yeah, where, yeah, you're in my ear. Especially for you as a black woman, like, what do you see from your perspective as being performative? Like, how do you know if people, like, how can those who are being 100% authentic, who genu- genuinely care, who do have a heart, who are trying to do their best, like, how can they show up in a way that is not too little and also not so over the top where it seems like it's being fake? Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, we won't know for another six months, another mm. year, two yeah. years, three years. We won't know because right now everything is performative because action is what takes us from performative to authentic allies. Mm. So we need to see action. And the way that we'll see action is through diversity, inclusion, acceptance, and authentic commitment to show that Black lives matter and that you know, not only black lives, but black trans lives, black LGBTQ, like all of our lives, all of us that are being killed, they all matter. Not just black conservatives, not just pretty black people, not just light-skinned black people, not just acceptable, well-speaking black people, not just educated black people, not just popular black people, all black lives matter. And until we see your action with that, until we see your dollars with that, until we see you make a stand with that, all black lives matter. That's what we need to see. So honestly, some people will go under the radar today as performative and we won't know, but a year from now, when we honor the year of George Floyd's murder, and his ascension into the afterlife, and his usherance of all of us into the great awakening that we're in today, we will look to the right, we will look to the left, we will look ahead, and we will look behind us. And we will say, who led us? Who stood beside us? And who is coming behind us? Then we will truly know our allies at that moment.
0: That's such an important distinction. It's about walking your walk and truly walking your walk, no matter what, every single day for the rest of your life. And that's something that I personally have committed to. And I know that there's so many others who have committed to the same, but just as Allison said, like you gotta be here one year from now, two years from now, three years from now, a decade from now, 20 years from now. It's just something where the work just isn't over. And And I want to say this, because I think this is so important, especially
1: coming from two manifestation teachers, put your money where your mouth is. And even if you, oh, money is such a symbolic, energetic exchange of your beliefs. Mm. Even if you don't have a lot of money, if you put $10 today to support Black Lives Matter. If you put $10 today to Rachel Cargill's mental health movement and 501c3 to ensure that Black people have mental health allies. If you put $25 today toward uh, Black trans who are being murdered brutally Brutally in the streets without consequence, and you help their causes. What happens is there's an energetic exchange that says, I'm no longer on the other side. I am an ally. Put your money where your mouth is. And for those of you that are in a dialogue that says, Well, I don't have a lot. So listen, despise not small beginnings, baby despise not small beginnings there were days Catherine when I wanted to make more money and I lived in a 480 square foot apartment I couldn't even afford my wi-fi the white neighbor across the hall I knocked on his door and I said can I use your wi-fi for the next 90 days and I can't pay you but it's going to take me 90 days to get my money together. He said, absolutely. I noticed that he was a newly divorced dad and he would always take his kids to McDonald's. And no McDonald's haters. He took his kids to McDonald's. Don't be mad at me that they was eating pink slime. Like, Don't lose yourself in the story, okay? And when those 90 days came, I took my bill over to him from Time Warner Cable and I said, "I got my Wi-Fi. Thank you." And I handed him a McDonald's gift card. That was me being energetic and saying, "That wasn't a huge that wasn't a huge amount, but it was all that I had." Don't you know, it wasn't even a year later, I bought a McDonald's out. I'm in the McDonald's Hall of Fame today. Some of you that are on this live stream, remember when I hosted my private birthday party at a McDonald's and bought it out. Wow. Because manifestation requires proof through effort. You've got to show yourself. You've got to have an energetic exchange and give yourself permission to rise. And the rising doesn't happen with millions. It was not even 18 months later that we did our first four. What did we do? Um, Half a million dollars less than 18 months later, and the numbers have ascended ever since then. So I wanna say to everybody that's on here that's in the basement of your destiny, you are on the floor of your dreams. You are caught between a dream and a job. You are behind on your bills and behind on your purpose. Baby, let me tell you something. We are two women that have risen through different circumstances and through different walks and through different historical Context, but we are here to show you that if we did it, you can do it too. And so don't let this pandemic within a pandemic steal your purpose. Let it lift you into it. This is the awakening you've been waiting for. And so, with all love and admonishment and challenge and charge and truth of what we stand on, we say to you, Rise, girl. Rise and while you're rising, lift as you climb, and make sure that the women climbing with you don't look just like you. That's your responsibility. That's your good work. That's your God work. That's your light work. That's the invitation that we're extending to you today,
0: Allison. I'm just gonna leave it right there. I know you had a shorter time frame. That is a mic fucking drop. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for opening this dialogue with me. Thank you so much for being unsugarcoated and for giving the opportunity for so many beautiful souls who are not just watching this live stream right now, but also listening to this podcast for many years to come to be a part of this conversation and to be part of the movement to rise up, as you said, and bring everybody up. With us. Um, Allison, for anyone who's listening, you know, obviously on the live stream, they can follow you from here, but for anybody on the podcast, can you just share where my listeners can find you, where they can hang out with you, and more importantly, support your work?
1: Absolutely. I want to say this for everyone that's listening you're necessary. You're necessary. You are necessary. There is no one person that is more necessary than you. You are called you are caused, you are anointed. Be purposeful. Be strong. Endure. Take care of yourself. Usher your dreams into bigger levels. Trust your voice. Trust your heart. You're so necessary. You are a miracle that the world waited for. And if you look in the mirror and you say, why was I born? The answer is for such a time as this. You are loved. You are cherished. You are beautiful in your black skin. You are urgent in your brown skin. You are wonderful in your white skin. Your Asian skin is so pure and so beautiful. Whatever indigenous country you are from, whatever your dialect, however you speak, don't you dare change it. Don't you take that inflection away. Don't you take that tone away. Don't you diminish that accent. Don't you change your nose or your eyes or your hair. Show up as your authentic self and watch the world embrace you. You are so necessary and you are so loved and you are wanted on this earth. Use your voice, use your platform, use your power for good. We see you and we desire you. Find the communities that celebrate you, not tolerate you. I have a deep respect for women and for our greatness and for who we were born to be. And time is up for us to be muted. Any race, time is up. But the time is now for every woman of every color, of every socioeconomic status and background to find your relevant voice for this time it is for such a time as this that the microphone is up to all of our lips if you want to follow me if you want this kind of conversation if you want this kind of energy in your life let me tell you i'm unapologetic and i won't ever let you stay the same you can follow me on instagram at i am allison a-l-l-y-s-o-n bird b-y-r-d allison means truth Bird means messenger. I will be that for you always.
0: Mm, Allison, you are medicine for the soul. I just wanted to thank you so much for coming on here, both on the live stream and the podcast. And God bless you. You are such a light to this world. And I just can't wait to see what else comes your way from this and who rises up with you and who you take on this journey. And I just want to let you know that you have my full fucking support, anything you could ever need to help you on this mission. Like I am here, girl. And thank you for bringing such knowledge and education and wisdom drops to my audience so that they can also rise up to.
1: Amen. Thank you, girl.
0: Thank you. All right, you guys have a wonderful day. This will be up on a replay on the live stream. I'm also going to download it and upload it to my IGTV. And for those of you who are listening on the podcast, obviously you guys have lifetime access to this. Make sure you guys take a screenshot right now, whether you are live right now with us or you're on the podcast and make sure you tag Allison Bird. I am Allison Bird as she spelled it out for you. And <laughs> Send all the love her way because this was such an eye opening, incredible conversation. And seriously, share it with as many people as you possibly can because this is just this like resonated so much with my heart and my soul. And this like caused such a shift within me. I hope you know that, Allison. Like, I Mm. just feel that flame and I feel that fire. And I'm fucking excited about this.
1: Mm, Thank you. Thank you for this. Thank you to everyone that was on. This was an incredible moment. Thank you.
0: Bye, guys. Bye everyone. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. If you absolutely loved what you heard today, be sure to share it with me by leaving a review on iTunes so that I can keep the good stuff coming your way. If you aren't already following me on social media, come soak up the extra inspiration on Instagram by following at Manifestation Babe or visiting my website at manifestationbabe.com. I love and adore you so much and can't wait to connect with you in the next episode.